Praise the Lord, everybody. This is Pastor Fields here, and you know today is Wednesday, and every Wednesday we come together by the grace of God who has allowed us to do so, uh, to go into God's holy word for our inspiration, enlightenment, encouragement, correction, whatever we need, we know we can find it in God's word. Well, uh, I pray and hope that you enjoyed our series on holiness. Holiness is still right. And we're not going to continue that series on tonight, but I will be back. I promise you, I will be back with another series dealing with holiness. Uh, working on it now, getting it together so we can do another series on holiness. Something about holiness uh, that stirs up my very soul. And I know uh, the Lord has blessed me. I pray that he's blessed you through the series. Um, but I thank God for his word and for his holiness. want to give the saints time to come in and uh, as we begin tonight's lesson. Father, we thank you so much for yet another opportunity to come together as your children to go into your holy word. Bless us, Lord. As we go into your word, let your word come into us, that we may be pleasing in your sight, that we'll walk according to your word, line upon line, precept upon precept. Bring your word, make it alive in our lives, we ask. Bless everyone that connects with this lesson on tonight, in Jesus' name, amen. I thank God for his word. And on tonight, I'm going to be in the Song of Songs, the Song of Solomon, Old Testament scripture. It's the book right after the book of Ecclesiastes. Now, you know, every time I close out our lesson, I always say, be careful, be prayerful, and be holy. Uh, and of course, God wants us to live a holy life. He wants us to walk according to his word. Uh, and many times in our lessons, we have dealt with uh, the holiness of God, his goodness. Uh, we have dealt with our salvation and the challenges that we face in this walk. And yes, we do have challenges. And you will find in your journey with the Lord that your greatest obstacle uh, is self, really. Um, I don't know, uh, maybe I shouldn't speak for you, but the, the greatest obstacle is, is self. I think if we spent more time examining ourselves, we wouldn't have so much time to talk about others or to be so concerned, mind you, about uh, what others are doing or not doing because we are searching our own hearts and minds. Um, so I, I, I had a thought and we went into the scriptures and, and uh, in preparing for tonight's lesson uh, out of the Song of Solomon. You know, there are a lot of things that we say that are not necessarily um, scripture, uh, but the thought that came into my mind is, in the, is scripture and is very true. And it deals with the little foxes. You, you've heard that saying, it's the little foxes that spoil the vine. And you know, we, we like to talk about those big sins and 
uh, we like to get into conversations sometimes uh, about something that we consider to be huge, devastating, but it's, it's the little foxes. Uh, Solomon's wisdom tells us uh, it's the little foxes that spoil the vine. And I want to, I want to spring off of that uh, and get into a lesson on tonight. Let's go to the Songs of Solomon, Song of Songs, chapter 2. It's going to be my anchor scripture for tonight. Um, Song of Songs, chapter 2, verse number 15. And it sounds like this. Take us the foxes, the little foxes that spoil the vines, for our vines have tender grapes. I'm going to read that in the Common English Bible. And it would sound like this. Catch foxes for us, those little foxes that spoil vineyards, now that our vineyards are in bloom. That verse to me is very powerful and it is so true. And let's let's dig into this uh, so you'll see exactly where the Lord is taking us on tonight. Catch for us the foxes, the little foxes that ruin the vineyards, our vineyards that are in bloom. This, uh, and there's one verse that would help us tonight. Uh, and that verse is found in the gospel according to St. John. Uh, and some of you may already know where I'm going with this. John chapter 15, verse number 16. Um, I'm sorry, John chapter, yes, John chapter 15, verse number 16. I'm getting ahead of myself already. And this is Jesus talking where he says, uh, ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain, that whatsoever ye ask of the Father in my name, he may give it to you. Hmm. This verse in John, uh, the 15th chapter and the 16th verse, it contains the words of Jesus himself. He's, he's talking and the Lord is saying, uh, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you. And this is what I appointed you to do. I appointed you to bear fruit. And not only to bear fruit, but that your fruit would remain or that your fruit would last. Uh, and it would seem most appropriate to set these verses together. Uh, this key verse, the little foxes that spoil the vine. And then to let you know that our Lord and Savior Jesus, uh, he expects us to bear fruit and not only to bear fruit, but that our fruit would remain or that our fruit would last. Um, it's a declaration that Jesus made to us to do this, um, to put these two verses together. It would, it would allow us to learn, I believe, uh, some lessons about what it means to be fruitful some lessons about fruitfulness uh, in our living, in our behavior, in our character. Uh, we are expected to be fruitful. Uh, so let's consider this, this line of teaching that we're going to deal with on tonight. Um, the, first, the first thing we have to do is see that Jesus himself is the true vine. Uh, 
where in the scripture, uh, Jesus himself is the true vine. John chapter 15, verse number one says, I am the true vine and my father is the husband. I am the true vine and my father is the husbandman or the gardener. Yes, I'm the true vine. He said this in connection with the institution of the Lord's Supper. Remember when the bread and the wine uh, was brought in by him and uh, he brings these as symbols of his sacrifice and offering that he's going to uh, render at Calvary. This is my blood, this is my body. Uh, he took the bread, he took the wine. The bread was his body, the wine, he said, this is my blood. Uh, he was therefore saying to his disciples, and what he says to all of us, I am the real genuine vine. Hallelujah. I am the real genuine vine. And of course, the vine, the vine is the source of our fruit. If you're not connected to Jesus, then you really, you're really not being truly fruitful. No. Hallelujah. Because he is, and notice what I said, he is the true genuine vine. You've got to make sure that we're connected to Christ. And of course, uh, any fruit that appears on the vine does not derive its life from the branches, doesn't get its life from the leaves, but it gets its life from the vine itself. There's no fruit that appears on the vine as a result of any effort or part of the branches or the leaves. The branch or the leaves can't brag about the fruit. In order to be fruitful, it all has to be connected to the vine. As a matter of fact, the branch and the leaf both will die if, if there's no connection linked to the vine. So uh, that's the first truth about what we're dealing with on tonight, uh, that Jesus himself is the true vine. So we're recognizing the vine. We're identifying the vine, the source of life, the source of our fruitfulness, uh, the center of our joy. Hallelujah. So um, here we are, uh, the Gospel of John. He's helping us on tonight. And then the second truth is that we are the branches. Jesus is the vine, then we are the branches. Uh, my father is the gardener. I am the true vine and my father is the husbandman. My father is the gardener. He does all the pruning. Hallelujah. He does all the cultivating. Uh, he is the one who tends to the vine. My God. Busies himself with the branches. Let's go verses two through six. Listen to what Jesus is saying. In the Gospel of John, he records, Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away, and every branch that beareth fruit, he purges it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abides in the vine. No more can ye except ye abide in me. This is Jesus talking. 
I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, ye cannot do nothing. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth. Listen to this. Jesus says, if a man abide not in me, he's cast forth as a branch and is withered and men gather them and cast them into the fire and they are burned. My Lord. So who are the branches? We are the branches. Who is the vine? Christ is the vine. Hallelujah. Christ is the vine. Yes. Verse number five says, I am the vine. Ye are the branches. So Jesus is saying, he's making it clear. I'm the vine. You're the branch. Sometimes we act like we're the we are the vine, right? Hallelujah. But Jesus is the vine. My life, my joy, my strength, my everything is in Christ. And I am connected to him. Got to make sure that we stay connected to him. And Jesus is making it clear. I am the vine and you and I are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him the same. So if I abide in him and he abide in me, he says, then that same person that is connected with me and allowing me to live and breathe and move and cultivate and correct and prune, he said, you will bring forth much fruit. He says, for without me, ye can do nothing. I am the vine. You are the branches. Hallelujah. A man that remains in me, I know I'm repeating myself, I'm doing it purposely, and I in him, he'll bear much fruit apart from me. There's nothing you can do. My God. So it's clear now we are the branches. We're not the vine. We are the branches. Hallelujah. We have to stop acting like we're, we're not dependable upon him. We need Christ for everything. Christ is our life my Lord. So uh, we are joined with him, united to him. Hallelujah. Because of him, we have life and we are to bear fruit. I, wa I want to take you to Second Peter chapter 1, verse number 4. Uh, because as a believer, someone who was born again, filled with the Holy Ghost, um, I am joined with Christ. I'm united with him, um, I am gleaning and uh, being cultivated by him. And because of this, I'm also becoming a participant in his very nature. Now, this is key. You got to remember this uh, because we're talking about bearing fruit. Uh, and there are some who would make you believe that that fruit is material fruit, right? Um, if, if you're not uh, reaping money and homes and earthly things, but he, he being fruitful, uh, hallelujah, it, it begins on the inside. I told you holiness begins on the inside. Uh, and our fruitfulness begins inwardly. And we become, as we become fruitful, we, fruitful, I'm sorry, we become participants of his very nature, Second Peter 1 and 4, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, 
that by these ye might be partakers. Listen to this. Partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. So um, we start developing his character, taking on his character, not the character or the characteristics or the impulses of the world, but because we are connected to him, because we are developing because of him, he is our strength, our life, our guide, our everything, hallelujah, then we are becoming alive in him and he's be he is manifesting himself in our lives and we are blossoming, hallelujah, living that life in him. Uh, and listen, when, when Christ is talking about being a branch, he's not talking about being a dead stick, hallelujah. And I've got to talk real talk now uh, because we have to make sure that we are not becoming dead sticks, but we are becoming lively branches full of life and fruit is blossoming on our branch because we are connected with Christ. So don't lose your connection. Don't lose your connection. Don't lose your connection. I'm getting deeper and I'm coming to the topic. I'll get there after a while. But you have to make sure, you and I have to make sure that we continue to be a branch that is connected to the true vine. Otherwise, if we're not careful, we'll become dead sticks. And Jesus made it clear, all a dead stick is good for is firewood. <laughs> My God. Put it in the comments section. I'd rather be a living branch than a dead stick. My God. A branch is not a dead stick. It is a living thing, a living organism connected to a vine. This leads me to the third thing that I want to raise as we develop our thought tonight. If we are branches connected to the vine, branches in the vine, as forestated, then we are to bear fruit. It is the function of every branch to bear fruit. It is the function of every branch to bear fruit. We read this in John chapter 15, verse 2. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purges it or prunes it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Hallelujah. A lot of these troubles we're going through is God pruning us. Hallelujah. And the reason why we're being pruned is so that we will bring forth more fruit. Branch that does not, hallelujah, bear fruit. Listen to what he says. Abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself. Except it abide in the vine, no more can ye except ye abide in in me. So no branch can bear fruit of itself. It, it must be connected to the vine. Hallelujah. And if I'm connected to the vine, his promises then, and then if I allow him to purge me, to prune me, to correct me, hallelujah, then I will bear more fruit. So 
This is what the Lord is looking for in our lives. Yes, hallelujah. Not just that we're speaking in tongues, not just that we can clap and sing and jump, you know, but that we are bearing fruit. Are you a fruit bearer? Come on, let's get into it. No branch can bear fruit of itself. It must be connected to the vine. And I want you to know tonight, my brother and sister, that when the Lord looks at us, he is, he is expecting to see fruit bearing upon us because we are, hallelujah, branches connected to him. So he's looking for fruit. God is looking for fruit in my life. The Lord is looking for fruit in your life. Let's, let's go to the book of Hosea. Uh, in the book of Hosea, uh, chapter 14, verse 8, he says, Ephraim shall say, what have I to do anymore with idols? I have heard him and observed him. I am like a green fir tree. For me is thy fruit, from me rather, is thy fruit found. So even in the Old Testament scriptures, they, they were expected to bear fruit, to begin to resemble him, to resemble, to show characteristics of being connected to a holy God, Ephraim, Israel. Hallelujah. Uh, what do I have to do with any more of your idols, right? You're connecting yourself to, to something that is dead. And if you connect yourself to something that is dead, you'll have no life. My God, I feel the Holy Ghost right here. We can't connect ourselves to dead things and expect to have life. No. Hallelujah. If I, if I connect myself to something that is dead, then I become a branch to something that is dead then I'll become nothing or I'll be nothing but a dead stick. No fruit. Hallelujah. And this is what God, through the prophet, is saying to, to Israel, to his people. Uh, what do I have to do with any idols? Hallelujah. That idol is false, uh, false rather, but I'm real. I am the genuine thing. I'm a real God. I'm alive. And this is what Jesus wanted us to know. I am the true vine. You are the branch. If you are connected with me, I and you. Hallelujah. If we are connected, then you can live and bear fruit. And if you allow me to purge, if you allow me to prune, then you'll have even more fruit. So the source of this fruit that I'm talking about is God himself, the Lord himself, the manifestation of this fruit. Hallelujah, is seen on the branches that are connected to the vine. Hallelujah. So I, I guess the correct and appropriate question from here now is to ask what kind of fruit, what kind of fruit are we? Um, as a child of God, as someone who has been filled with the precious gift of the Holy Ghost, I guess the entire question would say what kind of fruit are we supposed to be bearing? What kind of fruit? What kind of fruit are you talking about, Fields? Uh, what is the fruit that appears on the branches which are united to the true vine? My God. I think that's a powerfully appropriate question because we're talking about the vine, right? 
and being connected to Christ, who is the genuine, real vine. This is where our life comes from, our prosperity, our strength. And so what does the fruit look like? What kind of fruit are we talking about? What kind of fruit? And I'm glad that we've come to that question. We got to answer it tonight. Because the fruit that we're supposed to be bearing is the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit. They that worship me must worship me in spirit and in truth. Hallelujah. This is not um, the kind of fruit that you buy in the store. You see hanging on a, a tree in the backyard. But this is spiritual fruit. My God the fruit of the Spirit. You know where I'm going now, don't you? Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5. This is point number 4. We're answering the question that what kind of fruit are we to bear? The, the kind of fruit that we're, we are to bear is the fruit of the Spirit. Verses 22 and 23 of Galatians chapter 5 Come on, read it with me. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. Listen to my notes. Listen to my notes. Uh, I'm reading out of the Amplified Version now. But the fruit of the Holy Spirit. The work which his presence within accomplishes is love, gladness, peace, patience, and even temper, forbearance, kindness, goodness, benevolence, faithfulness, meekness, humility, gentleness, self-control, self-restraint, continence. So this one verse or these two verses, I should say, give us a vivid picture of what it means to live a fruitful life. Yes, holiness develops a fruitful life. My God, gives us a vivid picture of what our lives are supposed to look like and what it is intended for us to be. We're not supposed to develop or become dead sticks. Hallelujah. But we are supposed to be living branches connected with Christ developing fruit in our lives. This is how the Lord and what the Lord intended it for it to be. Listen to my notes. We should be, we should be loving, joyful, restful. We should be patient, kind, good, trustworthy, humble, and disciplined. Let me say it again. We're connected to the vine and we're bearing fruit and we're not dead sticks. We are living branches. Then we should be bearing fruit. This is the fruit that we should be bearing and producing more and more of it. We should be loving, joyful, restful, patient, kind, good, trustworthy, humble, and discipline. This is the fruit we should be bearing. My God. These are the graces or characteristics which should be 
developing in our lives day by day, day by day, day by day. I'm enjoying this, and I'm not just talking to you. I'm talking to myself. The Word is dealing with me, too. We should be developing more fruit if we're connected to him. So every day we need to check our connection. Hallelujah. So this brings me to really the topic of, of our discussion on tonight, our lesson here, because we opened up by dealing with the wisdom of Solomon as he tells us that the little foxes uh, ruin the vineyards. My God. The little foxes that ruin the vineyards. We're going to talk about it. Little foxes that hinder the growth and take away the fruit, that tender fruit. Hallelujah. And these are the sins of the spirit. Those little foxes. Those little foxes. Those, those little things that we really don't talk about much. We, we talk about the adultery and fornication and the drunkenness. We talk about those things. We talk about the homosexuality, right? Uh, but we don't deal with the little foxes, those, those things that just wiggle around, and, and, uh, but they do a lot of damage. Uh, and, and we need to pay attention to those little foxes because it's the little fox that ruins the vineyard. Hallelujah. That hinder the growth that take away our fruit. And we'll call them the sins of the Spirit. Uh, so uh, let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse number 1. 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse number 1, says, Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness. There goes that word again, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. So here, and I'll read it one more time. Having therefore received these promises daily, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves, cleanse ourselves. Let us cleanse ourselves from all what? From all filthiness of what? of the flesh and the spirit. Cleanse yourself of all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. So we're not only supposed to live holy, but we're supposed to perfect it, work on it, develop it. Hallelujah. In the process, fruit is supposed to be manifested. And our responsibility is to cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and of our spirit. The sins of the flesh are, are, the, are the big things we like to talk about. The adultery, the murder, the blasphemy, the drunkenness, you know, and, and the list goes on and on. But the sins of the spirit are the little foxes, those things that you can't see, those, those things that people don't talk about, those the little foxes that creep in almost unnoticed, right? And unspoil, I'm sorry, and they spoil the vines and take away the fruit. These are the sins of the spirit. So we understand the sins of the flesh, the adultery and fornication, the drunkenness, um, you know, 
those things that become obvious. But the little foxes, you don't see the little fox operating, uh, but the little foxes are there nibbling at the vine, right? And these are the sins of the spirit. And there are three kinds of, of sins that I'm going to talk about. Uh, three kinds. Uh, hallelujah. They are the wrong things uh, that we think, the wrong things that we say, and the wrong things that we do. The things we think, the things we say, and the things we do. The little foxes. I'm going to say it again. We're going to talk about three things. Hallelujah. That deal with the sins of the spirit and the sins of, of the spirit of the little foxes. The big foxes, again, let's rehash, are the big things that we talk about. The adultery, the blasphemy, uh, you know, the big things that are obvious but it's the little foxes, those spiritual sins, the things we think. Nobody can see what you're thinking. The things we say and the things we do. So we can, we can describe them in, in three categories. Heart sins, lip sins, or the, the sins of my mouth. Some of us sin with our mouth. We talk too much. And our behavior sins. Um, let's talk about the, the sins of the heart first because these are the secret sins. Hallelujah. David had something to say about these. Um, if I take you to the book of Psalms, chapter, the 51st Psalm, the 10th verse, and we quote it quite a bit. Hallelujah. Where he says, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit, a right spirit. Hallelujah. A right spirit within me. He said something about uh, these secret sins. And, and, and what are they? Let's, let's dig deeper into it because they are sins such as jealousy, pride, impurity these these are little foxes um, that spoil the vineyards people people sit in church or they'll sit around other people and they're holding things in their heart right they're jealous of other people uh, they're full of pride they, they have there's there's an impurity in there uh, these are little foxes that are spoiling the vineyards and we're supposed to be branches connected to a true vine right but we're harboring jealousy we're operating in pride right and the person that is holding pride in their heart uh they can't it's very difficult to be pruned right it's very difficult to that person uh to be corrected by the holy spirit uh, these are little foxes that spoil the vineyards the sins of the spirit that hinder our growth hinder us from producing fruit right um and god sees these things in us he sees these things in us this is why david said i i need you to create in me a clean heart my heart's not right and renew a right spirit within me all right and let's let's be more specific because because David deals with secretness, these secret sins, these things that he was harboring, things that people couldn't see, 
that he knew was there. He says, thou hast set our iniquities before thee, our secret sins in the light of thy countenance. That's Psalms number 90, verse number 8. Hallelujah. You mean God sees what's in my heart? Yeah. Man looks on the outside, but God is looking on the inside. God sees our hearts, right? We might be speaking in tongues and jumping up and down, but he sees the jealousy that I'm holding in my heart. You may see the hatred that I'm holding in my heart. And, and we're supposed to be connected to a true vine. But that little fox that no one can see, but is in there, is nibbling away at your life. Hallelujah. Nibbling away. And if, and if you allow it to, to continue nibbling away, you'll become a dead stick. You'll become disconnected from the vine. So these are sins of the heart, things that I'm harboring in my heart, things that I'm harboring in my heart. You know, sometimes people will, you, you'll speak, but you're harboring hatred and, and uh, you're vengeful and you're, you're holding stuff in your heart. It's, it's not genuine. Hallelujah. It's not genuine, but one of the fruit of the spirit is love. Hallelujah. Is love. You can't love and hate at the same time because hatred is not of God. My God. So, and there are sins of the mouth, the things, the wrong things, what we say, sins of the lips. Um, let's go to Psalms 141, verse number three. Um, David David says something in this prayer that's very powerful. He says, set a watch, O Lord, before my mouth. Keep the door of my lips. <laughs> I don't want to say the wrong thing out of my mouth. I want to talk like God talks. I, 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 don't, want to, I don't want to be abusive in my speech. Uh, help me, Lord. He says, set a watch before my mouth and keep the door of my lips. I think we, we all should pray like that at times. Lord, help me to say the right things out of my mouth. I don't, I don't want to sin through my verbiage. Let the words of my mouth, the meditation of my heart, be acceptable in your sight. Oh Lord, my strength, my redeemer. Hallelujah. Yes. And, and, there's another testimony that David gives in the 120th Psalm. I'm, I want to read it for you. And there are other scriptures we can go to, but um, let's stay in the Psalms for a little bit. Psalms 120, verses 1, 2, and 3. In my distress, I cried unto the Lord, and, and he heard me. Deliver my soul, O Lord, from lying lips and from a deceitful tongue. What shall be given unto thee, or what shall be done unto thee, thou false tongue? My Lord. Have you ever thought about what, what amount of harm or damage uh, this little fox, this unruly tongue? James talked about the unruliness of the tongue. We won't go there tonight, but... He talked about it's a little member, but it can do a lot of damage. Uh, have you ever thought about it? Uh, how much damage an undisciplined mouth? My God, 
an undis you have to put your mouth on everything an undisciplined tongue can do how much damage you can do to people you're supposed to love and be worshiping with and uh, people that you're supposed to be uh, showing an example to and your mouth is, has not been you won't allow your mouth to be subject to the word of God or to the Holy Spirit. Uh, we are connected to a holy God, a living God. And we have so much trouble controlling our mouths, right? So we'll, we'll condemn or uh, we'll rebuke an adulterer, but we say nothing to a gossiper. My God, I'm going to get it tonight. I'm going to talk about it. A whole lot of harm is done by this little fox. Unruly and undisciplined tongue can do a lot of damage, especially when it's, listen, when it's a lying tongue, a critical tongue, you criticize everything, never giving an encouraging word, or a tail-bearing tongue, quick to tell everything, hallelujah, you'll tell on everybody else, but you won't say one truthful thing about yourself. So there are secret sins, those things that are in our heart. Then there are those things that we allow to come out of our mouths. We're doing damage, perhaps even sowing seeds of dissension. You didn't have to say it. Hallelujah. You didn't have to go around spreading it. Hallelujah. Perhaps what you should have done, if you had an issue, you should have called that person and offered your assistance or prayer. Use that mouth to pray. Use that mouth to encourage. Use that mouth to speak truth. Yes, speak truth in love. And there are, uh, okay, we talked about uh, those secret sins, sins of the heart, uh, lip sins, where we can, we can sin with the things that we say. And even Jesus said on one occasion that you're going to be tried. You're going to be judged by every word that comes out of your mouth. Hallelujah. So we have to make sure that we're not using this tongue to lie or to, to criticize or to tear down. Um, and there's, there is such thing I know, such thing as constructive criticism. Yes, um, tell the truth in love. And we have to make sure that we're not using our mouths to tail bear. Now, that's a lesson within itself. I, I did a series, and I might come back to it. I did a series many years ago in Bible study on a, a book. Um, it's called Hung by the Tongue. I might go back to it. I might teach that series again. Uh, it was a wonderful series, and if you get a chance, I forget the author's name, but the name of the book is Hung by the Tongue. The last, the last one, uh, after talking about uh, the heart sins, which are secret sins, uh, the lip sins, then there are the behavioral sins. Uh, because after a while, if the little fox keeps nibbling, that little foxes become big foxes after a while. Uh, these are sins that we commit when we act in such a way that it's obvious now. It's obvious. You held it in there so long, you just can't help yourself. I got to say it. I got to act this way. I'm tired. I'm mean. I'm mad. Whatever. Uh, but these are the sins we commit when we act in such a way that it's obvious now to those who are watching us. 
those who are observing us, that there's something unclean in our hearts. We've actually become, we're sitting in there. This is where I believe we start, we stop becoming or being a living branch and we have become a dead stick. <laughs> We've become a dead stick. And you know what Jesus said, when you become a dead stick, you're, you're, you're only good for firewood. My Lord. Uh, and, and now it's become obvious to those who are watching us, the world is watching us, um, those that we could be witnessing uh, concerning living saved and being holy before the Lord, they're watching us. And it becomes obvious now that our own hearts are not clean, uh, that we have ulterior motives and the wrong spirit starts matriculating. This is why uh, David said, I've, 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 I've obtained the wrong spirit. I'm walking in the wrong way. Clean my heart and please give me the right spirit. Hallelujah. But now, if you become a dead stick, it becomes obvious that uh, your heart has become unclean and you have a wrong spirit. Uh, you, you may have become unkind, right? There's no kindness in you. Who ever heard of being filled with the Holy Ghost? And there's no kindness in you. There's no love. Hallelujah. Uh, you become thoughtless and harsh. My God, how can we minister if there's no love? How can we minister if there's no compassion? Uh, how, how can we be part of the true vine um, if we're not treating one another correctly or right? Right? Uh, my, and there's so many other things that I can say. Um, listen to my notes. It's not only obvious to the onlookers that we have unclean hearts and wrong and the wrong spirit, uh, but uh, we are harsh in our treatment to other people. Uh, or when we are wrong in our relationship with another person. So let's, let's dig a little deeper because we're talking about the little foxes, uh, these spiritual things that are ruining the vines. And, and if we don't deal with the little fox, the little fox becomes a big fox, right? Uh, how these little foxes, listen to my notes, spoil the vines, how they rob our lives of the fruit that the Holy Ghost is waiting and wanting to produce in us and through us. So... This brings me to the next portion. What, what, what do we have to do? What do we do? How do you deal with the little fox? How do you deal with it? And, and one word, extermination. You got to get rid of the fox. I don't mean put it out in the backyard because if you put it out in the backyard, he's going to find a way to come back into the vineyard. I can't just build a fence around them. Right. Because foxes like to dig holes. He'll dig a hole and come up underneath it. So you got to kill the fox. You got to kill the fox. Yes. You've got to get rid of that fox. Not by putting him out, but you've got to destroy the fox. They've got to be rounded up. And they've got to be put to death. Mortify the deeds of the flesh. They must be mortified. Um, let's go to Galatians 5 and 24. And I'm almost through. I don't want to keep you too long on tonight. Galatians 
5, 24. And they that are Christ, they that are Christ, they that belong to Jesus, have crucified the flesh with the affections and lust. So, here Paul is saying they that are Christ, they that are connected to Christ, connected to that vine, they that belong to Christ, they have crucified the flesh with the affections and lust. Paul says in Romans chapter 6, verse 11, Likewise reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. You can't play with the little fox. Little fox gets bigger. And if you don't kill the fox, that fox will destroy all your fruit and you yourself will become a dead stick. And God wants us to be living branches producing fruit. So the only way to stop that fox from becoming a big fox is to destroy it. Hallelujah. You got to destroy it. Let's go to Romans 13 and 14. But put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. Don't allow the flesh, don't allow your flesh to come alive. Hallelujah. Because we're dead and we're supposed to be dead to sin and alive unto Christ. But if you don't kill the fox, you'll become alive to sin. Hallelujah. And dead to Christ. But I want to be dead to sin and alive to Christ. Hallelujah. I wish I could teach this the way that I feel it. My God, got to kill the fox. You have to destroy those little foxes, those little things no one knows about, those thoughts that you're having. No one can hear it, but God hears it. No one can see it, but God sees it. You have to exterminate those foxes because they'll continue to nibble at the vine and they'll spoil the whole vineyard and no fruit will be able to be manifest in your life. You got to get rid of, get rid of that anger. You got to deal with it. I know the Bible says be angry, but sin not. But that anger should not be controlling you. That is that little fox. And I know you try to camouflage it, you know, but it's there. It's in your heart. It's messing with your spiritual life. Glory to God. And if you're not careful, it will bring you to a place where you're no longer a living branch, but a dead stick. Hallelujah. Listen. So you say, well, preacher, I hear you talking. You, you, you started in the Songs of Solomon, talking about the little fox spoiled the vines. You did all of this talk about the... the the, uh, the flesh and the spiritual sins that are the little fox and the little fox becomes a big fox. You told us we got to kill the fox so it does not destroy the fruit that's supposed to be manifest in our lives. So how, how do we kill the foxes? How do we do this? And, and I think we learn it from the word of God. And I'll take you back to Galatians chapter five. But... Um, Verse 16, and this is how we kill the foxes. This is how we kill the fox. 
it says, this I say then, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. So if the fox can't live in the spiritual environment, <laughs> those, those negative thoughts that you're harboring cannot survive in the spiritual environment. That hatred, that jealousy that, you're, that people are holding on to in their hearts, it can't live in the spiritual environment. No, not, not when you are surrounding yourself with the word of God, when you are focusing on the word of God, when you are allowing the Holy Spirit to lead you and guide you, when you're allowing God to purge you. Because listen, the Holy Ghost is not only for speaking in tongues and, and you know all of those exciting things that we do in worship, but the Holy Ghost, right, through the word of God will purge us. He will prune us. It, didn't you know the Holy Ghost is a purger? Didn't you know that the word of God can cleanse us and get us ready so we can produce even more fruit? characters of our Savior will become uh, manifest in our lives. We're developing that fruit, the love, the gentleness, the patience, the long-suffering, that, that self-discipline. So if we, if we live by the Spirit, by the way, they that are led by the Spirit, they are the sons of God. Hallelujah. He says, this I say then, walk in the Spirit. And ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. So live by the Spirit and you won't gratify the desires of your flesh. Because if, if listen, if you harbor, and, and, and we dealt with it early in the lesson, once that little fox becomes a big fox, then it becomes obvious. And now you're acting out. You're actually acting out what you've been holding inside of you. You're becoming what you are, are feasting on. You're not allowing the spirit to feed you and your flesh is feeding you after a while. That anger that you've been holding on is manifest and everybody will see how angry you are. Everyone will see how hateful you are. Then everyone will start seeing how jealous you are. Then everyone will see how sinful you are. You've got to be led by the spirit. Let go of that flesh. You've got to kill the fox. Hallelujah. Live by the Spirit. You, you, you know, the Holy Ghost is not something that you take and put on the shelf. No. He has to lead you and guide you into all truth. Live by the Spirit and you won't gratify the desires of your sinful nature. Yield to the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Yield to the Holy Ghost. You know, when you're, when you're driving, sometimes you see a sign that says yield. And I've, I've been in situations where, uh, especially on a roundabout, people don't see the yield sign. It says yield to traffic. You got to be careful. You got to be careful. Uh, but if you don't read the sign and you don't see something coming, uh, you'll have an accident. We have to learn how to yield to the Holy Ghost. When the Holy Ghost says slow down, the Holy Ghost will tell you. It'll put up a sign. And tell you which way to go and what to do. But if you don't yield, if you don't trust the Holy Ghost. And listen, I have, to, I have to stop here because there's some people who haven't learned how to trust the Holy Ghost. 
He will never lead you in the wrong direction. Trust what God says. Believe in his instruction. In all of your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. Yield to the Holy Ghost. Trust him. Rely on him. My God. Rely on him. He'll give you the victory every time. Listen, he'll even give you victory over yourself. Yes. Put it in the comment section. God will give me the victory over myself. Hallelujah. My God. And when you start developing and living in that victory that you have even over yourself, fruit will appear. There will be an appearance, a manifestation in your life of an abundance of fruitfulness. And that fruit is the fruit of the Spirit. I'm not talking about money because there are folks who have a whole lot of money, but they have no fruit. The fruit is rotten. They've become a dead stick. They're not a living branch. And just because they have a, a lot of money or they're coming to church with a mink coat on, it doesn't mean that they have fruitful. It just means they got money. Hallelujah. But then they can't take that mink coat. You can't take that car to heaven with you. But the fruit, I need real fruit. I need to be a bearer of fruit. Hallelujah. And that fruit, my God, when people see the fruit that's on your tree, they'll want what you have. They'll want to worship the God that you worship. There will be an appearance or a manifestation of an abundance of fruit. Hallelujah. Because I'm allowing the Holy Ghost to purge. I'm allowing him to develop fruit in my life. And that fruit is the fruit of the Spirit. I'm going to stop here. Uh, I want to keep going. It's, it's just now really getting good in my spirit. And I pray that what I've said tonight has been a blessing uh, to someone. Um, someone has heard it not only in their ears, but it has registered in their heart and in their spirit. Listen, the word of God will search you. And I pray as the word of God has found me and I'm I'm taking his word and doing my best to adhere to his word and become what God wants me to be. I pray that you'll do the same. Yes, trying to make it in, but let's deal with those little foxes, shall we? Let's get rid of these foxes because it's the little fox that spoils the vine. Father, in the name of your son, Jesus Christ, I thank you for your word on tonight. Help us to be mindful Hallelujah. Always mindful that we are connected to you. Oh God, help us, Father, not to become dead sticks, but living branches. Never losing our connection, but remaining connected to you so we can live and produce fruit. Although we may be pruned and purged by you, Help us, oh God, to be mindful of the fact it is the purging that helps us bear the, the more fruit. The trials and the tribulations, those, those things that may happen in our lives are designed to help us bear more fruit. Help us, oh God, to remain connected to you in the name of Jesus. Give us the strength. Give us the strength to deal with the little foxes in our lives that we may be pleasing in your sight. In Jesus' name. Come on, say it with me. In Jesus' name, amen.
The Lord bless you tonight. I don't know uh, who I'm talking to tonight, but I pray that the Lord has blessed you and, and ministered to you. And if there's are any questions that you may want to ask me, uh, any concerns, send that to me, admin at grtdc.org. Or if there's something special that you want to touch and agree me to touch and agree with you in prayer, let me know. Admin at grtdc.org. I want to hear from you. You may have a testimony of how these lessons have been blessing you. Record yourself, won't you? Uh, our technician uh, will put that on the screen of how you can send us a testimony of how these Bible studies uh, have blessed you. I've been hearing from some of you. Uh, you have been inboxing me and emailing us, uh, and I thank God uh, for his manifold blessings, how the word of God has been blessing your lives. Uh, feel free to tape yourself and send it in. Technician will let you know what you'll have to do, and we'll play it uh, to let the world know uh, how the word of God has been blessing your very soul. Now, uh, if you want to plant a seed in this ministry, you want to pay your tithes, uh, you may do so. Our technician will put that on the screen also, um, how you can pay your tithes or plant the seed in this ministry. And of course, those of you who are watching us there at our sister church on tonight, um, I'm sure they can pass the basket, either Elder Blackwood or uh, Mother Van, and pass the basket, or you can use Givelify and uh, pay your tithe and give that offering. Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask that you would bless those who are planting seed in this ministry. Father, you have made this good ground and we're so grateful. I pray that you bless both gift and giver in Jesus' name, amen. I wanna thank you for your time. Thank you for connecting with us on tonight. I look forward to seeing you again on next week by the grace of God. But until then, you know what we always say, be careful, be prayerful, and yes, be holy. Shalom, shalom. <laughs>